Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. In this week's episode of the Lab Coat Agents Podcast, we talk to Michael Lafito, author and top producing luxury real estate consultant. Michael shares his wealth of knowledge and experience and believes every agent can add luxury listings to their portfolio. Michael has mastered marketing for luxury and believes all realtors and business owners need to think more like marketers to create their success. Let's get started. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lab Code Agents podcast. And once again today, as I do many days, I get to interview somebody that I've just met recently. Uh, we met at the Lab Code Agents live event in San Diego. We connected, we have now shared some things, we've now talked about some partnerships, and just like we always do in Lab Code Agents, uh, it has created another opportunity. I'm learning, and, and hopefully I can actually bring some value back to this gentleman as well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a luxury listing specialist, a best-selling author, a national speaker, and we're gonna talk about all things luxury today, how to increase your average sale price, uh, and probably talk a little bit about his, some of his unique and non-traditional marketing strategies that have been featured worldwide. Welcome to the show, Michael Lafito. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks so much uh, for having me. Looking forward to it. It was a pleasure meeting you a few weeks back at the Lab Code event in San Diego. And what, what an event. Uh, for those of you that missed it, uh, highly recommend it next year. I think next year, what is LA? Is that right? Yeah, we're talking about Santa Monica in uh, late June, and we will be announcing it hopefully a hell of a lot sooner than we did last year. So you have plenty of time and no excuses not to make arrangements. Yeah, it was great. It was uh, fun fun meeting you, but I uh, really enjoyed the content, uh, the networking, and uh, what a cool venue, wasn't it? 100%. It was, it was phenomenal. It, and it's, you know what? I actually made a vacation out of it. So not that uh, we're here to talk about that, but you know, that's the beauty of this. And if you're coming from outside of LA or San Diego, it's really good. Actually, a lot of locals actually stayed there. That's how cool it was. But it's, it's a hell of an opportunity. And this is just another priceless example of, of being associated with Lab Code Agents, being a part of Lab Code Agents, the connections that you can make and, and um, you know, what we can learn from each other. It's, it's again, it's priceless. You, can't, you cannot put a price tag on it. And if you're not involved in groups like this and, and collaborating, then you abs- you're missing the boat. You're doing a disservice to your business. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, grow your network and everything else takes care of the place, right? So continue to, to uh, get better and surround yourself with other people that are just as hungry uh, as you are. Amen. Amen. So Michael, let's talk about you. You're, you're our guest today and you have a ton to share. You gave a phenomenal presentation alive. And now our podcast listeners get to get a taste of this. So first, Give us a little background. Tell us about yourself. Where do you come from? How did you get into the business? What led you to where you are today? Yeah, so um, got licensed in 2000. So I graduated uh, college as a high school health and PE teacher and was a part-time agent. Uh, got my license in 2000. And fast forward to 2007, I was the second leading uh, producer for the entire Midwest with a company called Realty Executives. It's a national franchise. And 
working part-time hours, 12 to 15 hours a week, you know, selling over $10 million in, in volume uh, consistently as a part-time agent and uh, naturally got a lot of full-time agents' attention. And so a lot of people started picking my brain and my first speaking uh event was at a women's council of realtors. And from there, uh, we kind of launched uh, some coaching and consulting uh, in 08, 09. And it transformed into luxury. Uh, fast forward a couple of years after that, I had a product called the Ultimate Listing Blueprint. More leads, more listings, more closings. Uh, it was basically some DVDs and CDs in a box. And I had an agent that actually, he was actually with corporate. He was with ERA out of his he was out of ERA in Jacksonville, Florida. He passed away, but a, a great man, Jeff uh, Rebar, and he um, he invested in my product and he referred me to some top luxury agents. So I started coaching luxury agents, and I quickly realized that some of the things I was applying to the general real estate industry also applied to luxury. So we started to tweak and really hone in. On luxury in 2013-14 is when we made the shift and really just started coaching agents on how to increase their average sale price and how to break into and dominate selling luxury homes. And we launched our certification, Luxury Listing Specialist, in uh, early 2016. So about three and a half years ago, we launched our 16-module certification, for short, called Lux, L-U-X-E. And uh, we got some, some great feedback on that. And we have agents from 30 different states just last year alone invest in our certification. Very cool. So I have to ask you, uh, on a personal note, you worked part-time starting your career. What were you doing with the rest of your hours? I was at, I was at high school health PE teacher. So, you know, I was teaching from 7.30 a.m. till, till 3, 3 p.m. So literally, um, I was not married at the time, no kids. So nights and weekends, uh, I would sell homes and and I didn't do any door knocking, but I worked for sale by owners and canceled and expireds and, and did a lot of uh, marketing to, to the cold sphere, right? You got cold marketing and warm marketing. Cold is, is prospecting, lead generation, people that don't know you, like you, and trust you. And that's kind of how I, I broke into things. Of course, I worked my sphere and my database, but you know, I was in my 20s at the time. And so you had a lot of my friends weren't buying a home then. So I did a lot of prospecting. Awesome. Awesome. What a cool gig. Cause I would, I would argue that, uh, uh, PE teachers, that is a, that is a, that is a cool gig. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I did it for uh, about 12 years, uh, high school health and PE. I taught sex ed to a bunch of 15 year olds. Uh, <laughs> That's so awkward. It was awkward. And we were at the lab coat event, as you know, and I presented many people would say as a speaker, the most difficult time slot is right after lunch. Yeah. So right after lunch, it was a slow arriving crowd because the weather was beautiful and uh, but that it was it was nothing in comparison to uh, those fifteen and sixteen year olds we were teaching. That's funny. Well, and and you know what? Uh, to add to that too, we were actually competing because that was the breakout day. So yes. I I was yes. on a panel in the other room. Yes. Um. So damn. I mean, I f totally forgot about that because wow. I was just thinking to myself, I didn't get to watch you live, and I just remembered why I didn't get to watch you live. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, okay. So, you, you know, obviously um, you had some very unique success. Uh, let's, let's, and, and I think you briefly touched on this, but, but take, take the listener a little bit deeper. So uh, we're talking now and we're going to, we're going to graduate this thing and, and evolve as you evolved, but there are a lot of agents right now and hopefully a bunch listening to this that might be part-time. There's a lot of people that do exactly what you did. 
And so what is your best piece of advice, the best strategy that they can implement as a part-time agent or somebody who just wants to work part-time hours because they can to have the maximum amount of success? Well, a couple things. So first off, I, I say it all the time, shy real estate agents have skinny kids. You can't be shy in this industry. Uh, you got to let people know what you do. That's people that you, you know, you like, you trust, your database, uh, social media, your branding has to be consistent. So you really got to think like a marketer, not like a real estate agent. So that's first and foremost. But my advice for anybody that's maybe looking to, to cut the plug from their full-time job and when should I make the move from part-time agent to full-time is my, my only recommendation would be build up your real estate business where you're bringing in enough income where the worst case scenario, if you cut the plug, that's where your income level would be. So if you could sustain your bills and, and your, your current lifestyle just based on that, that's probably when you should make the switch because a lot of people are saying that you know, we're in for a shift and the market's going to be shifting. 2020 is going to be a, a, a tight year in the real estate industry and, and overall in the economy. I, although I don't buy into the doom and gloom folks, right? I do believe life is what drives your business and the mortgage business and my business in real estate, right? People are getting married. People are relocating. People are downsizing. People are uh, having great years and they're buying their trophy homes. That's really what drives real estate. Although interest rate and presidential elections and those things all factor into the equation. But, but my, my point is, Jeff, that I would recommend that agents really to cut the cord, they got to have you know enough income coming in from their part-time real estate business or their significant other that in case they don't see an immediate rise in, in their business, they're not going to be sweating bullets. Sure, sure. So, and so what didn't, then is your advice to someone who has the limited hours? What are some of the best strategies they can implement to maximize their success being that they're somewhat handicapped on time versus a full-time agent? Um, be on a, being a brokerage that's very successful in your market, be on a team that's very successful that can help give you tools and support, and then, you know, invest in, invest in yourself, right? I mean, grow your knowledge and your confidence will grow. I tell that to agents all the time. Grow your knowledge and your confidence will grow. There's tons of great free resources out there. You know, if I were to move to St. Louis where you're based out of, one of the first things I would do is I would work open houses from the rock star agents in that market and work their high-end and luxury listing open houses and start to work with those high-end buyers and build rapport, build relationships. So that would be something I would recommend. Awesome. And what, what do you say, what would you attribute the, the, your success to? Like, what was the one thing that was the driver uh, behind A, taking you to 10 million and B, uh, taking you away from being a gym teacher into full-time real estate? What do you think was, was the, the biggest thing that worked for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I was a marketer. I put myself out there. I wanted people to say, wow, man, I see your stuff all over the place. So, you know, there's a term perhaps you've heard of called the reticulator activator, but it's the part of your brain that heightens your awareness of certain things. So, you know, you, you buy a new car, you see that car all over the road. Pregnant women notice other pregnant women. And so you want your, your, your antennas to be on when you hear people talk about buying or selling in real estate, but just as important or more importantly, you want your database and your sphere to have their antennas up so that when they hear someone thinking about buying or selling or getting a second opinion, boom, you're top of mind awareness. So I really hit my database consistently both physically and touch, so physical newsletters, handwritten notes, and then also online, right, through social media. 
And then we also did a lot of prospecting. You know, we did a lot of prospecting, canceled and expireds and for sale by owners. And I thought differently. So for example, with for sale by owners, when when most of my competition was doing first-time homebuyer seminars, I was doing either seller seminars or for sale by owner seminars, literally for sale by owner seminars. I'd get other real estate agents upset with me, but I know that there's always going to be a small segment of the population that tries to save five or 6% and I can't blame them. And so just remember that at least half of them aren't, even if they attend your for sale by owner seminar, half of them will never try by owner. They'll list with an agent because they're overwhelmed. And who are they going to list with, Jeff? The agent that was upset when they sold by owner and said, hey, good luck, or they slammed the door, or you'll never sell by owner, or the agent that gave them tips and advice and, and encouraged them to try to be successful, um, but also let them know, hey, there's going to be a point where you're going to explore other options, and I'd like you to keep me in mind when you, 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 know, you, you reach that point. So if it's 30 days or you know, how many days are you going to give it or how many weeks, Jeff, are you going to give it before you explore other options of selling by owner and maybe going full-time with more marketing? And if, if you said three weeks, well, great. Uh, you know, as you approach those three weeks, Jeff, you know, keep me in mind. Let me know I can help you. And uh, we'd love to be considerate uh, to, to help you in that next phase if you are not successful selling by owner. That's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. I've never, heard, I've never heard of that. Right? Right. I mean, when everybody's going one way, go the opposite. Yep. And uh, I think, uh, I forget who it was that said, be different or charge less. Okay. So you have to be different as an agent. Uh, there's 1.35, 1,350,000 realtors out there. What are you doing to be different and, and go against the grain? Okay, be be the, the, the person that stands out or are you going to be the person that blends in? Because everybody knows a real estate agent. Yeah, if not multiple real estate agents. And I think you're, you're zagging when everyone else is zigging, right? Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. But I think to all the naysayers out there on this strategy, the, another thing to, to keep in mind is, is when you when you create this content and it's towards FISBOs, naturally, of course, agents are going to look at you like, what are you, an idiot? But you're controlling the content that you're putting into them. So subliminally, you can put out content that's kind of letting them know how overwhelming it is without actually saying it. So I, I think that's, again, it's brilliant. And like you said, even if it wasn't, that's so smart because most people will be overwhelmed with the process. And now you're coming from contribution. We say this all the time on LabCode Agents about coming from contribution and what comes, what, what comes from that, what reciprocates from coming from contribution is usually tenfold and more people need to adopt it because it works. Yeah, lead with a giving hand. Address the elephant in the room. Jeff, you might be asking yourself, why is this real estate agent willing to help me try to sell by owner when all the other agents told me good luck? Well, that's a great question, Jeff. One, if you are successful by owner, you already told me you're relocating to New York. Well, I have three rock star agents that I know in New York. I could refer them to you. You could use whoever you want, Jeff. However, if you did use one of the agents I would refer, they would give me a nominal referral fee. So that's one way I'm compensated, Jeff. The other way is you're selling by owner right now. And there's a part of your brain, Jeff, called the reticulator activator. And since you're selling by owner, you're going to hear other people talking about selling in the St. Louis market. All that I would ask is if you're happy with how I've helped you, even though you're selling by owner, how I've led with a giving hand, just keep me in mind and let them know if they need a second opinion. Pass along. Here's a couple extra cards, Jeff. 
And then number three, if you do come to a point where you're not successful by owner and you need to crank up the volume knob and get some more exposure and more eyeball traffic and more qualified people through your home, keep me in mind, I, you know, I'd love to be one of the agents you interview. Is that love fair it. enough? Love it. I absolutely love it. And so let me ask you this. So now that we're on this topic, how did you get the butts in the seats? Because I think a lot of agents will say, I've tried the for sale by owner or I, you're not, not for sale by owner. I'm sorry. I've tried the, the, the new buy, new homeowner uh, presentations. Uh-huh. Uh, everybody has, well, not everybody, but that is a popular one. It's a good point. And with this, how did you get the word out? How did you put the butts in the seats? How did you promote it? Yeah, so th- this is a, a earth-shattering concept I'm going to teach everybody today, which you're probably well aware of. The most listened to radio station that prospects listen to is WIIFM. What's in it for me? All that potential prospect cares about is what are you going to do to save them time, aggravation, and money? So you have to think like the prospect thinks. So if, if I'm a homeowner and I'm getting this, this marketing piece about a for sale by owner and it's, it's at a real estate agent's brokerage, I'm going to be skeptical by nature, right? So you have to have it at a non-threatening environment. So a non-threatening environment could be at a library, at the community center, uh, somewhere that's a neutral location. So I teamed up with local banks, little boutique banks, and, or title companies, and they would be the host of them. So then you'd bring you'd bring supporting cast to these events, and they would each speak a little bit. So I'm in Illinois, and we're an attorney state. So so I would have both a title company and an attorney speak about you know the do's and don'ts and the cautions and here's what you need to be aware of and here are the disclosures you need as a seller. I have inspectors there, stagers, appraisers there. So each of them would talk a little bit and their logos would be on there. So it doesn't look like a Michael Lafito front and center realtor is going to bait me and switch me and force me into selling with him. It's a collaborative effort. It's give, give, give. And uh, we're kind of the facilitator. We, we kind of lead the training and we're kind of the MC, if you will. But that is one way you get more butts in the seat is you have it at a neutral location, a safe environment where they don't feel like it's going to be the Cutco knife guy that's really pushing them like, oh, you got you to gotta list with me. And how did you get the word out? So we got the word out, A, through social uh, media and promoted posts, and also all those other team members were, were pushing it out to their database and their sphere. And then when we, worked, when we, did, when we did it with the little boutique banks, literally, um, there's a bank in the Chicagoland area called West Suburban Bank. And for example, they have s- several branches. They literally created these little buck slips that they would put in their monthly you know, when you get your monthly balance in your mail, like, so we started marketing a couple months in advance. So literally everybody got physical notifications when you went to the physical location and by the teller, there were these little promotional slips that talked about the upcoming seminars. When people came to the drive-through, when they got their statement balance, one of those went in there. So again, it was that third party validation where, Hey, the bank is posting this they're not going to do a bait and switch on me. They're not going to do a big sales pitch. And there was comfort to their local clients as well. Awesome. Awesome. So, so in other words, it was one of your partners. It was one of the people that went in on this with you. I mm-hmm. love it. I love it. Awesome. Okay. So that was great. Uh, first of all, cause I've never heard that before. And I think that's, that's phenomenal. Cause you always hear about the first time home buyer one. So I think FISBO is just a, it's just a rearranging of your brain. 
So let's talk about something else. I mean, so now let's let's fast forward. This is something that you were doing. You were shifting. You, you think differently, which is a, which is a differentiator. Uh, let's let's fast forward to last few years. You know, what has taken you to where you are to become the luxury listing specialist? What was that? What what happened to take you from where you were? I guess in normalcy land to luxury listing land. Yeah. So I I, I mean I had about forty five minutes to cover this specific topic at the lab code, but it's really three you know, pillars, if you will. Number one is that strong foundation. So the foundation, and you heard this throughout lab codes from several different presenters there, the foundation, Jeff, is the mindset. You had to believe you could do it, right? You had to believe I could sell the high-end homes. I could compete against Johnny Rockstar, or I'm with a little boutique. I could compete against Sotheby's or fill in the blank compass. Doesn't matter who it is. And, and so you got to continue to give your, your, yourself the tools and the resources that you are confident that you can go up against them. So that's really important to, to grow your, your knowledge so your confidence will grow. So that's really number one, the foundation. Number two is that what I call the luxury blueprint, having the tools and the resources so that when you do market one, two, three Elm Street or whatever the listing is, that you're going to position the home most effectively. Position is much more than just staging and great photos or description, but, but figure out who the avatar is, putting together a comprehensive plan to get the property sold, managing the seller's expectations before the listing and throughout the listing. So, Jeff, I tell agents all the time, let's just say, let's just use you, for example. If you won the lottery and you, you, you've stumbled across all this money, your financial advisor would tell you to diversify your, your earnings, right? They'd say go with some long-term, some short-term, some low-risk, some high-risk. Well, real estate, I call them buckets. There's really four primary price points in the St. Louis market or in Chicago or wherever you're listening. You got entry-level homes. You got average-priced homes for your given market. You have high-end homes for your given market, which we define as two times your average sale price. And then you have luxury homes for your given market, which we define as three times the average sale price for your given market. So I recommend to agents, they diversify their portfolio. So if an agent uh, is listening to this in July of 2019, look back from July of 2018 to, to now, July of 2019, and let's look at how many homes you've sold or you know how many loans you've done if you're in the mortgage industry. And let's just keep it really simple. Let's just say you've sold 20 homes in the last 12 months. Out of those 20 homes, chances are 18 to, to, to all 20 will fall into those four price points I told you. Not mentioned might be bank owned or foreclosure, rentals, and maybe ultra, ultra luxury. And so, but chances are 80 to 90% will fall into those four buckets, Jeff. And so, I challenge agents to, to, to inc include more into some of those upper-end buckets, the high-end and the luxury buckets. So that would be something that I would, I would challenge agents. I do know that the luxury and those, those multi-million dollar properties in some markets could be on the market for years. For example, we're talking about managing, managing, managing clients' expectations. I have a $1,150,000 listing right now. It's in the town of Oak Park, Illinois. A lot of Frank Lloyd Wright properties there. I'm selling a Victorian built in the late 1890s. There have been four sales between a million and 1.5 million, four in the last year in this town of Oak Park. There's currently 17 on the market. 
That's four years of inventory, Jeff. Four years. So these sellers are getting frustrated after three months. We've had one offer was low and they're getting frustrated after three months. And again, I just have to remind them of all the data. I told them up front, it could take years to sell your home. So again, managing their expectations, communicating with them throughout the process, but remembering, getting back to the agents, there's four primary price points and I would challenge agents to increase your average sale price, you gotta, don't quit, the ones that are selling might be entry level and average, that's what you have built your business around, but I would challenge you to add some more in the high end and luxury, because I do believe the fastest way for an agent to get instant credibility from their database, their sphere, people that know them, people that like them, people that trust them, people that don't like them, and people that don't trust them, is land those that first high-end or trophy listing. One of the greatest athletes of your generation and mine is Michael Jordan. His house has been on the market for over seven years. It's still on the market in the Chicagoland market right now. I have a letter of intent on it, fingers crossed, with a buyer. Hopefully something will come together. But my point is, there's an agent that was associated with the sale of that home a few years ago is no longer associated with it. And they still get interviews on different publications and so forth. And they're not even associated with it, but it was that instant credibility. Now, you know, now if you land Wayne Gretzky as a client and, and you can get his home sold, it's going to even, even open up more doors. So get that trophy listing and more importantly, get it sold. And it's going to uh, help you attract more opportunities. So that's interesting. And I've got a few questions, but t- now that we're talking about the Michael Jordan uh, example, I think it's, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you don't just get that listing because obviously not anybody could do that. But the person who did that, who was several years ago and still has publicity about it, obviously did a good job of creating media around it, right? True. Yeah, but, it helps when you have a, a trophy listing, right? The media naturally uh, is attracted to you. I listed, uh, relisted a home two weeks ago, $9.5 million in Chicagoland market. It's the backdrop for the TV show Empire, on Fox. Well, unfortunately for the last seven months, Empire has been in the news a lot because of Jesse Smollett, right? But but uh, we've been interviewed by Mansions Global, the Chicago Tribune, uh, Crane Chicago Business, Wall Street Journal has reached out to us. These different publications have reached out to us because it's a notoriety property, but that's instant credibility too. So my entry-level clients and my average price clients they, they Google me or they're doing research on me and they see my name associated with that. They say, wow, man, Jeff's the real deal. If, you know, if he's marketing these properties, uh, he's got credibility. So what is your best strategy for doing so? And, and I want to go back and just before we forget, just the basic question is, and, and don't answer this yet, but the, the, the question that I want to get back to is, okay, how do you get that first big listing, right? Yeah. But but I would say, more importantly, to what you were just, you know, continuing down this this rabbit hole, is is what kind of media can someone be creating around that first list, first listing? And we're and we're jumping ahead, and we're going to digress back to the, the 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 biggest question is how do you get it? But what kind of media? Since we're on the topic, how what kind of media can you create? Obviously through social media, but obviously video. You could be doing some very creative things. What kind of advice do you give to someone to create media to make? to make yourself stand out and give you that notoriety. Yeah, so obviously when we're talking luxury and high-end and high net worth individuals, just like uh, Robert De Niro and Meet the Parents, Jeff, it's tough to penetrate that circle of trust, if you remember, right? So 
you have to build an online presence and an offline presence. So if people are Googling you, and oh, by the way, they will Google you, they'll check you out, LinkedIn or Facebook or YouTube or whatever it might be. So you have to build a brand online. There's got to be some consistency. And I'm a big believer in content marketing, putting great content out there for buyers, for sellers, market updates, and good things will happen to you. I'm not sure if you're a National Football League fan, but the Chicago Bears is my team. And on September 1st of last year, 2018, they, they traded for Khalil Mack. It was a Saturday. That evening, I got a call from an agent in Florida who referred Khalil to me. And I was out showing properties that Tuesday of Labor Day weekend. Some of those properties were Scottie Pippen's home and I previewed Jordan's home. And it was really a great experience. He ended up using the Bears' preferred agent. I share this with you because I was at least in the discussion. And I wouldn't have been even in that discussion or had that opportunity. had I. This guy was Googling luxury agents in Chicago and he did his due diligence and found so much great content out there and social proof and, and videos and, and listings. And so it doesn't happen overnight. You got to be willing to take your chance. I was at the Inman conference in New York in January earlier this year, and I was talking to an agent out of Georgia, and she had the opportunity to list a $10 million PGA golfer's home. It was basically a slam dunk. It was hers. She didn't even go on the appointment because of the what ifs and the fear and the limiting beliefs. And unfortunately, Jeff, that's unfortunately what happens to most agents, the what ifs. The what ifs get the most of all of us. We all have limiting beliefs and many agents will what if themselves to death. What if they ask me how many have I sold in this area? What if they ask me how many $10 million properties I've sold? What if they ask me this? Or I, I have to live in this gated community. I have to be with this company. Those are all false, false, false. Stop telling yourself that because it's not true. Love it. All right, so let's let's digress back. How does the agent who has been muddling in the entry level and average price point and maybe a, a dabbling in the high, the 2X, right? How do they get to that 3X? How do they get to that luxury level? How do they win their first appointment or how do they find it? Well, there's no simple answer, but there's a lot of answers. So they can work open houses. So, you know, you're a new agent, Jeff, and I, I, I market luxury homes, multi-level marketing, multi-million dollar homes. What's the most listened to radio station I listen to, Jeff? The same one before. What's in it for me, right? So what keeps me as a luxury listing agent uh, awake at night? Well, maybe some of my listings are coming up expiration dates or my sellers are upset. So so if you could come to me and say, hey, I'm in your office and do you have any of these high-end or luxury listings where the sellers are frustrated and they maybe want you to do open houses, maybe they're vacant, I, I'd be glad to work your open houses, Mike. Well, that now that kills two birds with one stone. That helps me, gets my clients off my rear end, but it helps you. So now you're working these open houses. You're doing some Facebook Lives. Now your database starts to see you at these luxury properties or you're going to the broker, the broker previews in your market and you're just hitting up the high ends. You're starting to grow your knowledge. You're starting to grow your confidence. Your database, your social media footprint starting to see you associated with high end. So that's number one thing, number one. Number two could be prospecting and lead generation for sale by owners, canceled and expired. I think those are low-hanging fruit in the high-end and luxury space. So you might have to take that overpriced luxury listing. You think it's worth one five, they think it's worth two. Well, if you don't have a million dollar plus listing, go ahead and take it at two million dollars, even though they might be overpriced. 
because guess what? They sellers are liars. They're screamers and are they're screamers too. They're liars and screamers. But my point is now you get a relocation buyer relocating to St. Louis and they look you up and they see you got a bunch of 300s and 500s. Oh man, Jeff's got a $2 million listing. It, it, it builds credibility that an outside buyer might not know that $2 million listing is only worth one five. So A, you're, the team you're on and the office you're with, B, C, work other agents, open houses, D, you got to do some prospecting and some lead generation. I love it. I love it. And I, and you know, and I, I, I'm bouncing back all over the place here, but you had mentioned the importance of creating media and creating content and how it is a long game. And we talk about this all the time with a variety of guests. It doesn't matter what the topic of the guest is. It always leads back to this. And it's like, like YouTube, for example, I listened to a different podcast the other day about creating content specific to what you want to put out and just blasting that to YouTube consistently because guess what YouTube is? It's like one of the most primary searches for Google, yeah. right? So everybody's Googling whatever they want, right? I need, I need VA financing or, hey, I want luxury homes. Yeah. And that's the, that's the missing piece with a lot of people is, is A, consistent content uh, and B, putting it in the right places because I think so many people focus on Facebook. Not that there's anything wrong with that because Facebook's a great place to be. But but diversifying and, and hitting all Absolutely. Of I mean, heck, a YouTube channel is free. Go to Fiverr.com, get a custom header created, and then just start putting out there one video a month for buyers, tips for buyers in your market, one video a month, tips for sellers, and then one market update. How are home prices doing mid-year? Here we are, July of 2019. How are we doing mid-year check-in compared to last year? The tips for that, that would be a market update. If you do those three videos a month times 12, that's 36 videos on your YouTube channel in one year, Jeff. And that's free. Exactly. Exactly. And and for those of you who missed that, Fiverr, that's, I think most people know what that is. But if you don't, uh, it's F, it's like the number five, F-I-V-E and then R-R, two R's. Two R's, yeah. It is a place that you can go to have things created for you at a very reduced cost if you don't have a marketing department or if you don't have anybody to do that for you. That's awesome. So yeah. let's let's rewind to your Oak Park, for example, right? Mm-hmm. So now they get the listing with one of your techniques or they just figure out a way to focus on it and they get one. Uh, but like you said, a lot of these luxury listings end up staying on the market for multiple years. So how in the hell do you, A, hold on to the listing and, and, and B, how long do you want to hold on to a listing before maybe your time would be best spent somewhere else? Well, again, it comes down to diversification in your portfolio, right? So if the, if the entry level and the average are paying the bills, great. Keep doing that so your income's coming in. But just know that it's a long-term play with some of these high-end and these luxury markets, right? So just realize that. But then it really comes down to managing your clients' expectations upfront and throughout the process. But just like anything else, Jeff, you have some pain in the rear end clients that are a pain in the rear end before the listing and within the first week, you know it. That's that's at all levels, entry level, average, high end and luxury. So if you have those uh, those high maintenance pain in the rear end clients at the high end and luxury, you might cut the cord sooner than later. I mean, I had one earlier this year and after 50 days, we just said, you know what, we were listed over a million bucks. We were, we went to nine, excuse me, no, we were over a million. He goes, listen, if we go to 995 and the home's not sold, it's not because of the market. It's going to be because of your marketing. And he just wasn't, he wasn't educated on the market. And he, he thought his home was special like most sellers do. 
but have refused to look at the price. So managing their expectations is up front. When I speak at these conferences and, and if you were to tell me, hey, is it your price or their price, right? That's what I always tell agents. Are you listed at their price or your price, right? Your price is based on the market, based on comparables, based on you know all the different factors. And of course, their price, unfortunately, is based on what they'd like to get out of it, what they have in it, what they think is worth. The market doesn't care about that. So I do strongly recommend with some of these high-end and unique properties that the sellers get an appraisal up front, okay? And I, I don't pay for that. That's an investment not a cost, but an investment the seller makes because now I'm not that bad guy. They think their home is worth one, two. The appraisal comes in one, one. And I can tell them, hey, listen, the good news is this isn't in a national database that's going to be used against you. We don't have to disclose, hey, we have this appraisal. We're priced over the appraisal price. However, it does help us identify what a buyer and many agents are going to consider comps. Now we have to do our due diligence and hopefully find out some dirt on those. Well, that was a reload. That was a divorce. That one, whatever. But be proactive versus reactive. But, but again, to answer your question, managing their expectations, I have that empire house of these three years has been with me. That's long. I'm a D. I'm a driver. I'm a bottom line guy. And so that's long for somebody with my personality type. But but we've managed the expectations. He is a realistic seller. He understands it's a long play. But then I have that 50-day seller that I tried to manage his expectations and he just didn't get it. So it's it's very invigorating to kind of say, you're fired, you know, and then just part ways. Awesome. Awesome. So the answer to the question is there really is no hard line answer to when you should let something go. You really just need to, it, it, it is really based upon the client, right? It's based upon the seller and how realistic they are and how willing they are to work with you. If they still trust you and you have an amicable relationship, then it's great. But as soon as you lose their trust or they lose your trust, just like anything else, I mean, you, you probably should cut the cord. Sure, sure. And, and if there's one thing that I'm taking from this, not as a realtor, but speaking on behalf of realtors and trying to get, you know, trying to to ask questions that I think that they're sitting in their car thinking to themselves or on the treadmill. And one of them is, I think as, as a good real estate agent, obviously you have to know your data and, and do your research and, and come in with guns blazing and, and, and not just try to wing it, not just do it off relationships. But I think even more so in the luxury side, you've really got to be on top of your game because like you said, you're going to get a bunch of questions about the market and, and, it's, and it's a much tighter market. There's a lot less listings, a lot less sales. And so you really got to be on your A game. So if you want, if you're a realtor and you want to take your game to this level, you better do some damn homework and you better understand that market uh, better than you do now and better than 80% of realtors, which probably isn't that hard to do, right? I mean, but yeah. would you say, and is there any advice that you have for somebody wanting to crack in? Um, so you gave them some tips on, yeah. ways they could get them, but what are ways that they can educate themselves and, and understand that market better? Yeah, I mean, you know, through title companies or some great resources out there uh, that are that are free in your local MLSs that you can find days on the market, price point. I'm a big Keeping Current Matters fan. Um, try Keeping Current Matters. Try KCM.com, two-week trial. They have some great data and visuals that break things down into supply and demand and when the shift occurs. Because every market, the shift does occur from a seller's market to a buyer's market. It's not a matter of if it occurs. No, it does occur in every market. So at what price point does that shift occur from a seller's market to a buyer's market? In St. Louis, it might be 600000 and above. 
in in Chicago, it might be 1.2. I mean, literally in a suburb, it could be different in north side of the tracks versus the south side or in one subdivision over another. So really grow your knowledge with the numbers. That's really important. There's some great free resources out there. So we have a podcast, as I mentioned to you before, it's totally free. We just released our 60th episode with Brad Inman. It's on iTunes and Stitcher. It's Luxury Listing Specialist, or you can go to LuxuryListingPodcast.com. And they're about 25 to 30 minutes in length, and we give great free nuggets from different experts. That's a great free resource for your audience. We have another, I wrote a book called Luxury Listing Specials, Jeff. It's on Amazon. It's 29, just under 30 bucks, 29.95. It's a great resource, simple read. And then for those agents that are really committed, say, I want more, uh, we have the, the certification. Our certification has zero sales requirements, unlike some other certifications. I'm all about protecting the consumer. I helped the co-founder of EXP Realty secure a $6.5 million listing where he didn't qualify for another certification. We wanted him to be successful because if he's successful, that helps our industry. If he fails, guess what? That hurts our industry. So I want him to have the tools to be successful. And they can find out more about our certification at LuxuryListingSpecials.com. And it's an online portal, a university, if you will, of tons of content, downloadable materials, and we work on their mindset, we work on their systems, we work on scripting and overcoming objections, and we give them amazing tools and resources to, to, to be successful. That's, that's awesome. So if you missed that, Luxury Listing Podcast, subscribe today. Go check that out if you want to learn more. Obviously, you're going to be learning from the expert. Uh, he's also got a book, Luxury Listing Specialist is the name of the book. But Michael, you actually do more than just that too. And you actually teach and train and have courses for real estate agents. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So in the state of Texas, for example, we have uh, several courses that are approved for continuing education and we're going to be growing that. This I'm going to sound like a politician, but our goal by the end of 2020 is to get our courses approved in 15 states. So those of you that are listening, you know, if you're passionate about real estate and maybe you've taught or you know a CE instructor or you're a broker owner and you're looking to do something different for your market, you know, please reach out to me. I'll, I'll give you my email, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com, michael at marketingluxurygroup, so we can continue uh, the conversation. And I, I do want to give you this little visual because we're on here. I created some luxury swag gear, Jeff. And uh, Tristan wore this and he got some amazing comments. But I spoke at the Keller Williams Luxury Conference in Boca in April. And it was at the Boca Raton Resort. And there's an Italian restaurant within the resort called Luca's. I wore this shirt I'm about to hold up. And I had three people approach me during dinner and say, hey, what's, what's that all about? It's a great conversational starter. LuxurySpecialistGear.com, LuxurySpecialistGear.com. We have some great swag for both females and males, very affordable price. And you have to be a marketer, right? And I teach agents and broker owners and team leaders, don't think like a real estate agent, think like a marketer. And ABM, always be marketing, right? And so again, it's only your fault as an agent, as a broker owner, as a lender, that if somebody's getting a new file as a, on the loan side or a new buying a new home or selling, it's, it's your fault if you're not in the conversation. Now, there are some things that you can do to prevent that, right? 
touched your database, touched them through emails and phone calls and drop bys and handwritten notes, and they still might go with somebody else. I get that. But it's your job to decrease that probability of happening. And the way you decrease that and increase the likelihood that they do use you is bring value and communicate with your database and your sphere and bring value and be found. Somebody's going to Google you. If they're looking to move to St. Louis, they're going to Google real estate in St. Louis. What are they going to find out about you? Again, you might not be a LinkedIn person. I tell people all the time, you should have three social medias that you're very confident with. So for me, I'm YouTube, I'm Facebook, I'm LinkedIn. Instagram's my fourth. You might be saying, well, I'm not a LinkedIn person. Yeah, but your prospect might be. So you should have a LinkedIn profile that's optimized with an updated picture and your updated job. And so again, be consistent both online and offline. Grow your knowledge, surround yourself with positive people, and there's some great free resources out there. I love it. I love it. And we had talked a little bit off air as well about your continuing education that you provide. And if you're in a market and you're like me, anybody who knows me, you know that I hang my hat on bringing value and providing content. And I don't do things like a typical mortgage person. And it's a parallel business strategy that everybody should be using in their business. Just like you said, you thought differently. You, you did a FISBO training when everybody else was doing first-time homebuyer. And, and I think if people can shift their mindset and start thinking like that, and, and if you want to be that person and you want to provide content. So if you are listening to this and you're in an ancillary business, tell them a little bit about that. And then, then we'll finish this up as far as what they can do as far as yeah. providing continuing ed. Yeah. So, so before I answer that, Jeff, one of the, you hit the nail on the head. So one of the things that agents currently get with our certification is a video book. It's got a 10 inch monitor. There's a video endorsed message from me. We upload some lifestyle videos. It's a way for agents to show up on an appointment differently than their competition and be memorable. Where am I going with this story? I got this idea five years ago from somebody in the luxury car industry. It was a much smaller book with a two-inch video monitor. But I took that idea, some of my best ideas I get outside of my industry. And so I share that with some of you that are listening because, again, be a marketer. Think differently. Do the things exact opposite of your competition. When everybody shows up with the laptop, show up differently than your competition. So we are looking for people that have that, that mindset. We're looking to grow our continuing education portion of our business. And again, just shoot me an email, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com, if that might be something you're interested in. This has been fantastic, Michael. I think we could continue on, but I try to keep these uh, to a certain between 30, 30 minutes and an hour, and we're already pushing beyond 45 minutes. So uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Let's sure. uh, one more time. You know, you want some free content. There's luxury listing podcast that you can go subscribe to. Uh, yeah. If you want this book, you can get it on amazon.com or probably anywhere. You could probably Google it and you'll find all kinds of stuff. Uh, luxury listing specialist. And uh, re please repeat your email one more time. Yeah. Michael at marketing luxury group.com. That's the name of our company that has a, you know, coaching consulting services. And we offer that as well. They can reach out to me. And then the other resource I'll give is my blog. I do a lot of educational videos. You can go to Lux, L-U-X-E, redefined, R-E-D-E-F-I-N-E-D, luxredefined.com. A lot of educational videos for real estate agents. We release every other week a new video blog three to five minute educational based video, luxredefined.com is where they can find that, Jeff. 
It's fantastic. Michael, this has been, this has been great. And if I'm a real estate agent, I, I, if I didn't write down your email address yet, you know what, just go ahead and give up. Because uh, listen, he is uh, coming from a place of contribution. Michael's willing to share again, uh, you know, and actually I think it was you, Michael, who actually reached, came to me at the event, which, which is a testament to the kind of person that you are. And uh, I really appreciate that because not often a mortgage person is being seeked out by a real estate person. It's always the other way around. And um, I'm really glad you did. I'm really glad we've connected. I'm looking forward to doing, continuing it with you guys and staying in touch and some events and all that stuff. So this has been, this has been fantastic, man. I really appreciate it. I hope that uh, you, the listener, got a lot out of this. Uh, have, have a new element to add to your business as always. Please, please share. Please let, let all of your real estate colleagues know about our podcast. If you don't already know about it, uh, share it and give us feedback. We always like comments. We like the likes on social media. So give, give us some love. And uh, we appreciate you listening today. Michael, thank you for being here. This has, been, this has been a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Take care, brother. All right. Take care. Welcome Agents Podcast.